Hello, this is the Jill Cruz podcast. And today I had a great conversation with my friend and colleague, Patty Blakesley. And we talked about how sometimes the relationship with food can turn into feelings of guilt and shame, and then food can eventually become a trigger. And that does not feel good at all. And so Patty and I were just talking about how you can change your beliefs and change your language around food and therefore, you know, your health and your choices are all within your control, but really working on changing that language and the beliefs around food and your body is the path and also finding things you can do that are enjoyable and pleasurable. So I I love that. That is a theme that I often talk about. Can't have long-term sustainable healthy habits if you're not enjoying them. Eventually, you're going to want to give up and say, forget it. This isn't fun. I'm going to do something else. So here's the great conversation I have with Patty. Hi, Patty. It's great to have you today on the podcast. So I'd like to hear about one thing that you've learned that's been most meaningful for you in your health journey. All right. Well, thank you, Jill, for having me on your podcast. It's an honor to be a guest. We've known each other for a while, and I I love how we met, and we will continue, I think, to be connected. So to answer your question about my health, one of the things that really impacted my life was becoming a karate practitioner, and I did not realize that it was going to make that big a difference. I'm a Tom girl. I grew up on a farm. I had a horse. I was always active. I played volleyball, you know, all kinds of things that I did, rode my bike a lot, swam, everything was, you know, just sort of normal activity. And I had, you know, gone to gyms, etc. But the continual practice of using my body in karate changed my life. And part of the reason it changed my life is because I was doing something that I love. Louise Hay, who you probably heard of, wrote a wonderful book called Heal Your Life. And in it, she says, find some activity that you enjoy and that you love to do. And that became the basis for my life, really. And I did not realize until I became a coach and I started looking at what motivates people and how to hold people accountable that practicing karate and going to class, you know, two or three times a week really gave me a new mindset and new way of thinking about my life. And it really has shown me that health is within our control. We don't need to be a victim to anything. And I've struggled with weight issues since I was quite young. My upbringing was a little dysfunctional at times, and food was a comfort for me. And I needed to transition from it being a comfort to finding other ways to comfort myself and to see food as a fuel. Wow. And karate really helped me do that. And it wasn't until I was in it for quite a while that I realized how influential it had been for me. 
That's amazing. I, I love, I really want to dive a little bit more into the concept of what you said about finding comfort elsewhere. Because, I mean, if you look at even mom, you know, young moms today, baby's crying, the boob or the bottle, no judgments <laughs> about that. I've, I'm a mom and it's not easy when your baby's crying, but we're taught from a very young age to see food as a source of comfort. And some families continue that tradition on more than others. Well, and celebration too. I mean, yep. you know, can you imagine going to a birthday party and not being given a cake, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that I, I always love to talk about. It's like, no wonder that we associate food with comfort and with reward, right? Exactly. Oh, I, I made it to 52. Let's celebrate <laughs> with cake and, and wine and so for you, without you even realizing it, you were doing this physical activity that you love, and that became a source of comfort for you. But even before you realized it, is that is that what you're saying? Well, I think in the karate practice, you know, I wanted my body to be leaner and more flexible. And because of my relationship with food, I knew I needed to change that. And I read a book called The Plan, which I don't mm -hmm. know if you know about that book, but the woman who wrote it was a nutritionist and she'd owned a restaurant. And mm -hmm. she learned by talking to people things that would happen to people. Like, for example, she had a client who, you know, it was her birthday and she ate all this food and expected to actually have a weight increase the next day because she was weighing herself every day, which isn't something I recommend, but it can be helpful at times if, when you learn to understand that the number on the scale is just indicative of what you've been doing, you know, in terms of eating, it's not a judgment. But what she started to notice was that people that ate in fun and appreciation of the food had less weight gain and sometimes more weight loss if that was their plan, you know, and I started thinking about that and going, oh, you know what, it is what we say, you know, is this going to be healthy for me? Is this going to help me? And, and so I started, you know, talking to my food and I started realizing that sometimes just soaking my feet and, you know, just kind of reading a book was just as comforting as grabbing food when I came home from work, for example. And, I love that. You know, so I, I did. I, I think that we are often not aware of what's driving us. It's in our subconscious or unconscious, or as, as somebody I heard said, our no conscious. When we're in our no conscious state, we automatically eat without really noticing what we're eating or why we're eating or whether we're appreciating it or not. And so I, you know, in my coaching, we talk about your state of mind. And there are three elements that influence your state of mind. It's your language. As I said, words are important to me, and they give you immediate access. So if I'm going to be feeling sad, for example, which often sends people to food, you know, what am I saying to myself? How am I sitting? I mean, I could be slumped over. And, you know, if you sit up, if you look up when you're anywhere, you actually have a more positive frame of, of mind. And they've done studies on this and it explains mm. to me why 
forests are such a great place to walk because you look up at the trees or going into church, for example. Almost all churches, you know, have spires. They have that ceiling that goes up. And it's like, oh, gee, if I just look up, I'll feel better. Mm, I love that. That's so simple. That's such a simple little thing that you can do. And it also is just thinking of that. Because I I think the thing is, for most of us, it's the day-to-dayness. And that's really uh, one of the big purposes of this podcast is to help women just get that little bit of inspiration, that little, the littlest thing that you could do to kind of get us through the day-to-dayness of all of this stuff. And I love that. It's just, just look up. It's all you have to do is look up. But I think it also goes back to your point about no conscious, that just remembering to do something like that will bring a little bit of consciousness and awareness around the situation which is the starting point for all change. So I just wanted to highlight that. That's a great little tip. So I was talking about language, you know, influencing your state of mind and your physiology. So that's a mm-hmm. physiology tool. Just a little tip. Just look up or breathe. I mean, there's so much different literature and people promoting different breathing techniques. But the other thing is your belief and what belief mm-hmm. you're focusing on. So a belief is a sense of certainty. So we have it in our minds that if we eat badly, you know, chocolate and cake and cookies, that's going to give us weight. So what are we telling our bodies? Yeah. Every time we eat something that, you know, has carbohydrates in it, oh my gosh, you know, that's not good. So, you know, to influence that state of mind triangle, that triad, I think Tony Robbins talks about it. You can make a shift in either one of them. You can change that belief. And that's one of the things that I've really worked on is I no longer look at food as negative or positive. What I want to look at food as fuel and what nurtures me and what I feel like eating. I love it. Love, love, love it. Thank you so much. That's such a, (laughs) it's such a pearl. And and, uh, do you have a way that you suggest that you help people if someone's listening and they're saying, well, okay, I have these beliefs like ice cream is bad. How do I, I have that. (laughs) I want to (laughs) know. How do you change a belief? Because it is so stuck inside of us, right? Well, you mentioned it earlier, you know, it's awareness first. However, then there are different ways to change your belief. And one is to actually consciously look at your belief And then look at its opposite. You know, Mm. I do coaching with people. And it's very personal coaching. It's individualized to the person. But for some people, if they can see what they are believing, you know, written out, and then look at the reverse of that, that opens a window into change. Mm. So I could write down ice cream is bad. Ice cream is good. Ice cream is is a food and it's a source of nutrition, you know? Right, right, right. And and I think what you're also emphasizing, and I, and there's a lot of research around this in dieting, that once we start thinking of things in that very dichotomous way, good or bad, that actually promotes more overeating and binging, actually. I mean, there's actual research on this, psychology research, 
Mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's, yes, you, maybe you're starting with that awareness, but eventually moving to the point where the food is just food. It's, it's a cold, tasty thing that <laughs> has fat and has protein and has carbohydrates and maybe a couple of vitamins and minerals in there. <laughs> and, you know, just being more sort of neutral about those, those types of foods that, rather than good or bad. Yeah, I love that. My sister-in-law, when she was raising my nieces, who are twins, who are thin as can be and very healthy right now, but when they were young, on Sunday night, their dinner was a chocolate milkshake and popcorn because they never, and they never had any guilt. See, I think Mm -hmm. that that's one of the problems with what people do with food is they, over the years, they start feeling guilty and shame and Suddenly, food becomes this trigger. I have a friend, and she is a psychic. She talks to the other side, and she's also a trained hypnotherapist. And she does a 12-week program called Weight Release Through Inner Peace. Mm -hmm. And when people can feel comfortable in their own body as they are, suddenly their whole dialogue with food changes. And it's really powerful. And she was very successful with that. The other thing I'd say for anyone is that whatever we focus on grows more powerful in our life. What we appreciate appreciates. And so any diet thing, which really ought to be just lifestyle eating, right? You Mm -hmm. know, it can work. But to have true lasting transformation there needs to be true and lasting change. Yeah, which is that internal relationship with your body and then subsequently with food. Yeah, I agree. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Patty. I think this is very helpful and inspiring and educational. <laughs> and hopefully uh, people can get a couple of tips because again, I think it is just a lot of times it's just that one little habit that you can start, like just look up before you each meal or just think about what, what your relationship is with this food. Do I think this food is bad or good? Am I making a judgment about it? And those are simple little changes that people can make for sure easily. Absolutely. So Patty, tell me a little bit about, uh, or you know, for wh- whoever is listening to this, uh, a little bit about what you do a little bit more. I know you said you're a coach. Right. I have a business called Inner Business Coaching because Mm -hmm. it's always an inside job. Okay. Mm. And whatever you want to change in your life or in your business is easier to change, I believe, when you have someone to be by your side. And sometimes I hold my clients' hands. Sometimes I hold up a mirror to show them what they're doing. What I know is that motivation plus accountability creates results. Mm. And I, you know, offer two complimentary coaching sessions so people can actually experience what it's like to be coached by me. It's sort of like the kick the tire method. You know, Mm -hmm. lots of times people just have like a half hour discovery call or, you know, they're trying to enroll people from the minute they meet them. That's not my plan. My plan is to help people from the minute I meet them. So if you go to my uh, website at Inner Business Coaching, 
you can sign up for a session and I will meet you and I will learn what you need and I will support you however I can. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate your wisdom today, especially the karate thing is just, it's so cool. Just recently I got told, cause you don't get to ask, you know, when you get to promote again or anything. <laughs> so uh, I got told that next year, if I'm ready, I can test for my fifth degree black belt. Wow, Patty, that's amazing. That's well, so cool. Well, it really cool. is in that the fact that I didn't start until I was 48. Yes. So it's never too late to aspire for something. And it's never too late to write yourself off, you know? Like, <laughs> if you're, you know, I mean, how many people have we met that are like in their in their late 40s who kind of feel like, nah, yeah, I can't go forward. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's so, uh, you know, I'm a huge advocate and fan of movement. I think we, I mean, I know we, we obviously are designed to move. And, and especially like a lot of women at age 48, 50 are kind of like, oh, now my kids are kind of going off to college. Not everybody, but a lot of people are like that. And it's like, well, who am I? <laughs> and I think something like what I would say, karate, because I lived in Japan for seven years, <laughs> yeah, <that's wrong>. um, <laughs> uh, is, you know, any kind of movement class community, you know, there's the community and there's the movement aspect and there's that achievement, that sense of achievement that you can get. It's really, it's got, it's hitting a lot of buttons in terms of just living a more fulfilling life and being happier. Well, that is sort of my goal is I want, I want everybody to love their life. I want to make Monday the best day for workers because they get to get in and do what they want to do. And it's um, very powerful how much information is coming out toward this end. You know, it used to be that, you know, we got the world book or the encyclopedia to learn. Now we have at our fingertips all the knowledge of the world. I mean, just think of that. And that almost is a sense, gives everybody a sort of a sense of overwhelm. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know. But um, I support your work and I know that your recipes and, you know, the different things that you do are really helping people. And I like to help people in my business as well. Awesome. That's great. Okay. So Patty, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I enjoy talking with you always. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Patty. I know I certainly did. And if you would like to learn more about Patty Blakesley, you can check out her website, innerbusinesscoach.com. And also just want to remind you that I would love to hear from you. Let me know what sort of things you want us to talk about on the podcast. If you want to be a guest, please join us. And I hope it's inspiring for you. And as always, you can check out um, our blog posts which are at winweightloss.com forward slash blog. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com forward slash blog. And I think you will find those uh, helpful, meaningful, and, and inspiring. Thank you for listening today.